This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Greetings, fans and friends, old, new, and imaginary. I am his Jason This, the Chevron, Chops of Podcaston. Welcome once more to the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. This week, Matt Naslanik is back. Yay! It is, we recorded on, what, the, 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 seven, 27? Yeah, so July 27th, 2017. This time, we intended to talk about San Diego Comic-Con, and instead went right back into the woods and all about hot-ass weather, acting in improv, and closed with a little bit about the game Prey. In other news, I am well on my way with my budget-ish, low-to-mid-tier, hopefully-not-slow-and-lame PC build. Yay! Max and I actually took a trip down to Fry's to put our hands and eyes on what I was targeting for this whole project of mine. From there, I had plenty of flip-flopping between CPUs, motherboards, GPUs, etc. before I finally decided on a short list of must-haves. Now, only mere days ago, the order was placed. No turning back, and the build should commence in only a couple more days. Stay tuned and be ready for some sort of content related to the process, as it's becoming quite the story. And a literal essay. Once again, like every week, if you do like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes, and be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter, at WAG Podcast. Also, don't forget to send your constructive criticism and questions or suggestions to wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. It's dangerous to go alone. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jason Chevron Chops, and today I am joined by Big Matty Nasty, Matt Nislanik from back there in the uh, near Far East, whatever we want to call it, the other the side of the continent, the, in the swamp. Oh, the butt sweats, the... Oh. <laughs> you, you don't want to know. The oh. auto auto wet t-shirt contest, I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> Just when it's 90% humidity at 5 a.m., you oh. know, what's to complain about? Oh, it's lovely. It's it's oh. fantastic. So my, uncomfortable. My so God. very uncomfortable. So it's been a heat wave basically everywhere, but especially horrid for the Virginia area, as I've heard and seen. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like this is some kind of karmic punishment on DC, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna say any names but yeah you know. no out there out there we're draining the swamp so the swamp is refilling <laughs> it's the swamp yeah. is refilling with human sweat that's fantastic you know you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> great great mental image there mm-hmm. oh boy so swamp sweat yeah so i mean my the the closest approximation i can make is just like hiding in my booth like i am right now give it give it 30 40 minutes and i'll be in your territory so it's oh, like good, it's good. like a, a 
It's like my own, um, oh my God, I just got inspired. It's my own TARDIS because <laughs> it helps me travel through space and time to experience <laughs> the, the Virginia summer. But I just thought like I was talking last week with my buddy Max about painting my booth and putting like Tron lights and crap on the outside. Well, shit, no, it's a TARDIS. <laughs> I could totally put a TARDIS in my room. Police box. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I might have I to like do that. that idea. I'm not, I'm not, I, a I really huge, do. I'm not like a giant Doctor Who guy though. So it'd be kind of. One of those things. I'd be a, a poser for sure. Yeah, I, I hate to admit it, but I've never watched a single episode of Doctor Who. What? Yeah, I I, I have friends that if I told them that, they would just they would be upset. Yeah, I mean it's it's nothing to disown you over, but yeah, that's you're you're it's missing close. out. Because <laughs> it's it is like I I was the same way. I had never seen one until I don't know maybe like a year or two ago, and from then it's just been a. Where smattering. did you start? Well, I had to start with Blink. Like, that's that's the one that literally everybody will say. What's Blink? I, I don't know what that is. It's an episode um, from the David Tennant run, I believe, where... Was it David Tennant? It's so hard to say. There's there's only like 37 Doctors now. But, right, um, right. It's been going for 50 years. I right. Think. But it's it's an episode where there's this alien species that... To us, they look like just um, like weeping angels. Oh, the statues. weeping angels! Yeah, I do know what those are. Okay, so it's it's the origin episode of those, and it's it's so great because it's creepy as shit. It's told from somebody else's perspective, not not from the doctor's point of view. So he's okay. actually like a background character, more or less, in this person's life, and the way everything like comes around is very tarantino-esque like everything's kind of shown out of time and there's just weird stuff layers and layers of stuff going on so it really does kind of set an impression of of mm. what the whole series kind of sets out to achieve because there's there's other episodes that are more straightforward but that yeah it's a great yeah, place to I, start i asked a couple friends this uh, i think about a year and a half or so ago the ones that i did admit that that you know lacking to and it's, you know, where do I start? Mm -hmm. I said, you know, at least with the, the rebooted Doctor Who that mm -hmm. got started, was it five or six years ago, seven, eight years ago now? I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're like, don't, don't bother going back to the older stuff. No, it just, no. It won't help. Yeah, those are, those are very hard to watch. <laughs> I remembered when I was a real little boy. This is, this is, I was probably seven or eight. And I remember seeing the, the one Doctor, I, I'm, I don't know which era it was it was it was the guy with the really long scarf if right help and the kind of curly hair and the played the flute i believe was was like his I, tool i don't know i just I, remember the 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 beginning was this song that really creeped me out as a little kid yeah and i don't it think is, i ever watched it again it's kind of a creepy one and they every every season every new doctor i think they like make a new iteration of it but it's got that that same like vintage moog board like mm -hmm. synthesizer thing <laughs> it's like unsettling it really yeah, is right especially when you're six or seven. Oh yeah no that's that's the the nightmare fuel for sure <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, what was i we we're just talking about that um actually it it plays in a, a topic of yours um it was on tv yes. last night the original and my wife and i 
watched like 10 minutes of it and we looked at each other like oh boy yeah okay the original's a little hard to take yeah so i think it's it it's in that vein though of when you see it at a certain age it's creepy as all hell and then that that's what's stuck with everybody is it it's it's one of those things it's like it's planted seeds in the back of your mind but it mm-hmm. isn't actually like scary to watch like yeah it hasn't aged well no but just like that Doctor Who kind of triggers you, like, <laughs> I think there's something similar going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. Um, but speaking of it, yeah, that new trailer, did you watch it? I have not yet. I am excited. Oh. I, I've read the book. I watched the old, what was it, two-part movie, or is it four-part? I forget. It's Two two-part. or four, yeah, something like that. You know, where Seth Green turns into uh, Ritter, I think. <laughs> Somehow. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember enjoying parts of the uh, original one when I first saw it. And then I remember I, I watched it again last year, and I think I had the same reaction as you and your wife. I'm like, wow. Yeah. This is bad. Well, and that's that's what happens with most of the Stephen King movies, too. Like, it's also um, one of the huge ones for me growing up was Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> like Emilio, Emilio, but it it is. It's like such a terrible movie to watch now. But back then, it was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's a funny thing. It's just that rose glasses for <laughs> your your childhood. Something. Mm. Yeah, I Oops. take it you heard the uh, how did this get made about that? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, a. I don't know what you call it. Like, are you the Jason of our group? Right. <laughs> I wish. I used to be. I was totally the Jason of our group, but age, man. Slow me down. You're still younger than Jason, aren't you? Yeah. But it's age and professional life. Like, that's that's what ruins it. That's fair. That's that's why I'm the well-adjusted gamer, because I used to be one of the angry gamers, but... Now, now I'm I'm a little more And the fact that he got to make out with uh, Alice and Bree, I think that's helped him a little bit. Oh, man. Who, yeah. Who hasn't though? Come on. I haven't. Am I the only one, <laughs> bro? <laughs> you, uh, hold on. Let me go give her a call. Check this out. What? What? Watch this transition. Maybe you should take some acting classes, and you might meet wow. her someday. If only. Speaking of acting classes, what? I'm taking active cl- acting classes. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Man, your your transitions are out of this world, right? Especially when you call them out specifically before they happen. I mean, it's <laughs> watch just, for it, watch right, for wait, it. Wait, wait, here it comes. Oh my god! But I appreciate that, right? So, like myself, and this is kind of this is why we vibe so well. Um, Matt is working towards an acting career in any capacity, just like me. Um, we both started out chasing the the voice acting dream and he's actually taking the lean towards live action and improv so recently what are you you're in your like third season of improv level now, three right? level yeah. three and this is probably the hardest uh I, i've gone through so far mm-hmm. and it's it's all about character which will help you in any acting right you know um, our, our instructor is brutal in a good way, but you know, I, I actually come out of these classes feeling 
exhausted. Just so you know, one yeah. of the things she did, she made us, uh, you know, come up with a character in the first thirty seconds. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you got your character in your head. You got how he sounds. You've built out his world in thirty seconds. Oh my god! And then she made you stay in that for the entire three-hour class, no matter what the scenes were, no matter you know. So all the you know, switch scenes, switch uh, backline, frontline, all these different things. But you had to keep that character going in every situation. It's a lot harder than it sounds. Well, it sounds exciting, but yeah, also exhausting, man. Mm-hmm. But it, that is that, like you said, that's something that down the road, that is everything. That's literally everything you're going to be doing. And, and, you know, it's one of the things I found when I, when I'm working with Melissa and I do uh, some voice stuff and we're working on copy, mm-hmm. um, just, she has this practice with commercials, you know, copy, which you, you get five lines and you have to have a character who you're speaking to, the conversation, you know, what they're saying back in your head, just to be able to get that read to sound authentic. Yeah. Uh, the improv is helping with that. It's helped the last few times I've gotten in a booth. It is definitely a little bit more difficult getting in a booth and slipping into that when you're just staring at soundproofing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, if you have other people there that you can kind of bounce off of, mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier. Well, and that's that's one of those things that always comes up with voice acting is... There, there is, there's a remote recording that most productions use where you're on a series for years with people that you never see or make a movie with people that you never actually are in the same room with versus other productions that put everybody in like a large area or try to get a couple of people together if there's a, a one-on-one conversation. And mm-hmm. eventually, I mean, being on the, on the receiving end, like we are, or um, being like a viewer... I don't know if I've ever noticed or if you put the two side by side, it would, if it would matter, but I know as an actor, it does matter. It makes everything so much more easy and fluid and yes, might end up saving takes and time in the long run. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, well, there's, there's a few shows value. that have, have gone out of their way to get every actor in the room. Uh, Bob's burgers is one of those. Oh yeah. They're oh. famous for having every, every one of them there for conversation it in honestly, the same it it honestly sounds like it. I mean that that's that's one of those good litmus tests for it is I believe Archer is another one that does yeah. that. And it's it's the same thing. You can tell they're they're actually talking to each other. Right, because it it just it flows. It's natural in the way their their energy like matches and feeds off of each other. Mhm. It's that's not something you can replicate typically from just reading off a paper. That does also go to show a really good actor voiceover guy who can do that mm-hmm. where it's not you you're can... just stuck in your role it's like no you, this is a, a group effort mm-hmm. becoming a yeah, that's you know one, one of the recent commercials i was working on it had a, a not a call and response but it was like a q a with two people there was no one else in the booth so i was having to basically say the the other person's line in my head as if someone else would say it and then respond to it oh. on how i i would it, it was interesting it's you know, stuff like that really stretches me, and I think yeah. that's, that's that what, I, it's all what I really need. That's that's like a common theme with, with this podcast and talking to everybody on this creative side. That it is. It's everything's about repetitions. It's it's mm-hmm. all working out those muscles and muscle memory. Yeah. I mean it, it all comes back to that. It's it's funny too that that's how it is in the physical world as well as the creative world. Like with your your brain, your mind, your voice, like everything works the same. It's, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's one of those funny, like 
intelligent design arguments, like <laughs> how how everything has lungs and eyeballs type of thing. Like <laughs> it's funny how everything just works the same. Yeah, it does. It does. So uh, or it is, I should say. Right. So with the improv classes, um, being in level three, that means you've already done the on stage stuff. Does this mean it's going to be even more and more intense, and there's going to be like a crazy show put on at the end of it? Well, the, so after every level at Washington Improv Theater, you do a stage performance. Um, level one, it was a 12-minute. Level two was a 15-minute. And I believe level three is a 20-minute show. Mm. And, you know, the 12-minute, it went by so fast. Right. The 15-minute, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the big things that I've been working on, uh, it's still, and it's, it's a bit silly, but it's the... I don't want to call it a fear, but it's a reaction when you're in front of people with improv, since everything is made up, if you don't have an idea in your head, you're not supposed to have an idea in your head, but it's safer to have an idea in your head before you step out. Right. But that can really screw up a, a, a sketch or, or, you know, if it's not organic, people can tell. Right. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're talking about like a, a space station gas station and this guy comes in and he's in a Walmart in Texas. Like, mm-hmm. like, mm. yeah, the ideas don't mesh. Right. You gotta, 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 that's where like you were, you were talking about having those kind of character things in mind, but I don't, it's like having the seeds, but not too far developed. It's like have a character and know them well enough to dump them into the situation and how they would react versus yes. like having a full skit lined out in your mind. So that's always been my problem. I, I overplan things. It's, you know, very logistical thinking, yeah. military mindset. And I'm yeah. always, you know, I got three things ready to go. Right. Five and steps it's the ahead. Scariest, exactly. It's the scariest thing in the world to just step out there with nothing. <laughs> right. And just wait for the first thing the other guy says or say the first thing that comes to your mind. Right. But when you're doing that in front of people, it's like, oh, I just that's, hit my pants. Yeah, um, that's a whole new level. Mm-hmm. God. But when it hits and when it works, it's an amazing feeling, right? I you know, bet. when the other person out there with you is on the same page. Oh, cause that's the other thing, you know, that it's always the fear of, you know, before they wipe the scene, they're going to let it go too long and it's going to get awkward and right. Nobody's going to know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so we just sort of stand there with our hands out. Like, uh, so. <laughs> uh, that's our show. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. But the group I'm the group I've been with for the last two. Some of them are level three with me. They're they're very good at. All right, we can sense this one's over. Mm-hmm. Or if you got a laugh, end the sketch on, sketch on the laugh and move on to the second one. Right. So that's I'm I'm thankful for that. That is good. Well, again, it's it's that that team effort like we were talking about the having everybody working together. Just imagine if you had to go up there by yourself. Oh God! One of the guys <laughs> in our group is working. He he's also. He's taking classes and he's actually working on stand up. Oh wow. I couldn't. I could not do that. Yeah. I I've I've been up in front of people before to kind of, you know, do presentations and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I can get, you know, a couple of laughs here and there, but I just I don't think I could do stand up comedy. He's that's a whole different animal. He's really smart to do both because when I think of stand up comedy, I if I was gonna do it myself, like the first thought is well, yeah, you write out your jokes and then you just burn through them one by one, like down the list. But that's the thing. You have to have 
kind of a catalog to pull from and you have to steer it like a DJ, depending on how the crowd reacts. Mm-hmm. So you can't yeah, go you... up there and be just in this rigid, like formulaic exactly. thing. Yeah. You, that, that, that's where the improv. Yeah. That's, that's great. Brilliant. You know, I feel like with, with a lot of comedians, you'll have, you know, three or four minutes of jokes along a theme usually, and then they'll switch to something else. So if that first joke and that theme doesn't hit, what do you do? Right. Yeah. That was, that was my whole set. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that, that's our show. Yeah. Uh, sorry guys. Uh, that's, that's really all I had. Um, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. We're done. Uh, I guess it would work for an open mic, but yeah, not, not for, uh, any kind of other thing, not, especially not if you're trying to get ahead. <laughs> right. Right. Well, if you want to actually succeed. Right. So now we know, I was was just going to say, now we know what your life fears besides it. Now we have stand up. So, (laughs) yep. Yep. Uh, if you want to torture me, force Mm -hmm. me to do stand up. Oh my God. I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I would just get up there and stare. Right. And it would be, you know, some Andy Kaufman type (laughs) shit where I don't do anything on stage at all. Oh yeah. And then leave. But, but it would be so inspirational. I mean, then, then it's truly art. I mean, you're, (laughs) you're really going out there. It's, it's going to be all over the, the reviews and the papers. Oh man. Oh, it was a powerful silence. It was, it was, it was a metaphor for, (laughs) for for what awkwardness. I don't know, but he took a stand. No, I didn't. I just couldn't say anything. Nope. (laughs) I literally just had a vapor lock and could not do anything. Mm-hmm. They oh. had to get one of those carts out there, put me on it to get me off stage. <laughs> it's like we, we haven't had to use the, the shepherd's hook in a long time. but <laughs> Can we get four big people to carry him off, please? Oh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just drop him through the floor. It'll be easier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Use, use the hatch. Yep, use the hatch. Oh, my God. That's funny. So It's funny, though. I'm actually looking at, instead of doing level four improv, going back to uh, Theater Lab, which is one of the other places I've taken acting lessons, and doing the uh, beginning on-camera work. Yeah. Which is kind of something I've wanted to do. I've actually done a couple things here and there. And it's weird the first time you're on camera. Yeah, because you've been an, an extra in a couple of productions out there. Mm-hmm. I've actually got two credits now on oh, IMDb. Oh, there he is. Two whole credits. Man. It's exciting, yeah. though. And then, and with that, I mean, you're already building that kind of, oh, what do we call that? That network. Yes. Because, I mean, yes. yeah, you've got connections with people that if, if, if they're going places, you're the first one on the list, hopefully, to go with them. So... <laughs> Well, usually I get whenever they need a bouncer, um, a bodyguard, uh, a biker-looking guy, you know. Already typecast. Mean mean guy (laughs) in the bar, number two, whatever. I I get those calls quite a bit, actually. I'm like, hey, we we need someone to uh, play, you know, a football player off the field. I'm like, okay. Right. (laughs) Now, how does that make you feel deep down, honestly? I'm okay with it. Yeah, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) work's work. Yeah. I mean, why not? It's like if yeah, it, if you're built I, for playing football, play football. Like I, <laughs> I'm know, not, I don't so see, I won't. I don't see the Rock out there saying no. I don't want to play the big guy role. Right? No, I, I want to be the the little nerdy guy behind the desk. You know, I want to be Kington. No, it mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. That, that <laughs> I mean, was a, sure. a deep one, but yeah, I didn't get that one. Kington. Yep, Decker. <laughs> He's a character Wait. on the Decker series. That's one that I highly recommend. I was trying to tell everybody about it from work last night that 
it's basically everybody knows the room, Tommy Wiseau. Right. So it's basically the equivalent of the room and 24. Cause it's that intentionally bad, like Tim and Eric vibe. Cause it's, it's Tim Heidecker's show and right. intentionally bad, but like a 24, like Jack Bauer type of show. Oh God. It's fan goddamn tastic. Like it's so I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's so stupid and terrible, but there's so much like deep level jokes and shit going on. Like literally like fourth wall stuff that <laughs> they, they reference. There's like a, Oh God, God, it's, it's so deep to get into, but the guy that plays Kington, he's like the code breaker. It's this guy, Greg Turkington. He and Tim have like an ongoing feud that like boils up on Twitter where like Greg will say something and Tim will get pissed off and basically like say he's calling the lawyers and he's never going to put him in another production again. And like all this shit, like it's on and off again with them. They reference that shit in the show, like with a with a, an intentional bad edit. Like <laughs> it was incredible. Okay. So it's it's just wild shit like that. That literally, he's pulling and referencing shit that if you didn't follow him on Twitter and never saw those tweets, it literally makes no sense. And and there's so much of that stuff buried in the show that it does. It blows my mind. Like. Being a fan of his is so rewarding just in, awesome. in the little shit like that that'll come up. Like, oh, it is. It's fantastic. But Speaking of Tommy Wiseau, did you happen oh. to see the Best Friends trailer? No. Our Best Fiends slash Friends trailer? What is that? Is he making it's, another movie? It's a, I guess it's already made. I'm not sure. So this was uploaded a few months ago. But it's Tommy and Greg back together again. Oh no. And he's is something like he works in a funeral home and and steals gold teeth from dead bodies to resell. And it yeah, I I it was so confusing and I'm going to have to see it. Yeah, I I I made a note. I'm going to have to watch that cuz they did um he had a in a like a a series like an apartment neighbors ser- neighbors yeah like i never got to watch that one either but it's like oh my god people keep throwing he... money at them like they yeah it's that lightning in a bottle return on I, investment they they want it to be another the room which you can never do unless like i was talking about unless you're tim heidecker like that's exactly wow. their brand is intentional tommy Wiseau. like <laughs> with so, like steve brule too like the check it out stuff i mean that that's all of it so the room still hasn't made a profit, even with the midnight showings everywhere. Oh, I'm sure, no. So that's what I, I don't get with these people. You're not going to get your money back. No, ever. I mean, it's it's such a fun, niche, meme-worthy thing, but that's it. Like, sure, I mean, I went to a midnight showing. I met mm-hmm. Tommy Wiseau. Right. He grabbed my buddy's ass. It was oh, kind of weird. Jesus. Uh, we, threw, <laughs> we threw a football around. Oh, my God. Because like, he brought one. Because from like four feet away, right? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Underhanded toss. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but it it was it was it was a glorious evening. Holy shit! <laughs> so and bizarre. So, and I feel like the, Greg Sestero just I mean, he was there. He said hi. We talked a little bit, but he had this whole "I'm just here for the money." Yeah. No. Totally. Thing. That's he's got that. He knows I don't what it is. Be here, right. I'll get paid. Right. 
No, he he is fully aware and takes full advantage of all of it. I mean, he's and that's the thing, the question mark on on Tommy was so like how aware of all of this is he? Cuz it's like he gets it, but he just has no shame with it. So it's like, oh, maybe he doesn't get it. <laughs> like, I don't know if he gets it. Right. I, having met him, I mean, he thinks he's a rock star. Yeah. He had like the tight leather pants. He had a, uh, like, well, no, he had three belts on, I think. <laughs> One of them had Wiseau on the back when oh, he turned God. around. Um, you know, a bunch of chains, uh, the, the shirt unbuttoned to the navel, basically. Oh, my God. Uh, and a leather vest, I think. So sunglasses inside, of course. Yeah. He thinks he's a rock star, and unless his acting has improved, he was just totally into it. Well, and that's that's my secret hope is that he literally goes home at the end of the day and just strips all that shit off and tells his wife, "Oh yeah, it was a great day." They, they I mean, these guys, they just oh, I go in and they talk like that, and they just soak it up, man. I I swear to God, it's. Like he gets home, honey, would you pour me oh, a spot of tea, please? Right? Like it's it's Daniel Day Lewis level shit. That, that's, <laughs> that's what I hope and pray that at, at some point at the Method end of the day. Acting to yes. the extreme. Well, like you said, like you invent this character and you stay in character. Like, so he's Borat, basically. Right. He he took that shit to heart. <laughs> I'd hope, hope it'll be like a deathbed confession or something. Like, yeah, the whole thing. It was just a <laughs> joke like i was just kidding guys <laughs> just kidding oh, <laughs> oh. i wish God, that would be awesome yeah i, I hope and pray oh man and also we started calling greg greg testosterone because he was stealing all the women oh wow weird, yeah he wasn't really but you know trying to testosterone yeah oh yeah he was hitting on him wow oh wow yeah because yeah. he he's the true grease ball of it like in in like the I don't know a good way, but I don't know it's it's that thing where riding coattails comes to mind, but also just like when you find your little niche, like just like I don't know like like just a, ride it just ride it, but also just hoarding it and like whoring it out. It's the, yeah. because there's there's like yeah, finding your niche and sticking with it like with the the Star Trek actors so it's like when star trek first took off and the first like conventions and stuff started popping up they're like what's wrong with these people well eventually mm-hmm. they come around to embrace it because they found out there's paychecks like <laughs> attached to it yep but then there's like there's people like patrick stewart that use it occasionally like it's it's a thing they did and they i mean lavar burton's kind of a good example of it too but then there's other ones that turn it into a career of going to the conventions and it's like, that's, that's the greasy stuff that it's just, but, I mean, there's always the, once you're kind of big on screen careers over, why not? Yeah. Well, it's because I, I, I feel like when you do that, you close other doors because now what, that's do what the you're known for. Thing? No, just when you're, when you're known for being that guy, hmm. I feel like it closes other doors. It's like, it's, there's like a level of like, sad to it <laughs> like well you know uh you know steve amell right Mm-mm. arrow no but the guy, I, the guy I know plays I'll, I'll take that yeah so he started he he he's been an arrow for what five years now yeah uh about three years ago he started his own agency to represent actors at cons 
Smart. And yeah, so you know, uh, what's her name? When when I think it was a uh, Jewel State from you know Firefly and a bunch of other shows. When she got pregnant, she just went to cons every month for eight months, <laughs> and she was pulling in you know fifty, sixty, seventy grand a con. Oh my god! Oh yeah, you'll have bigger oh. stars. Um, oh, what was it? Well, I lost the name. But you, you'll have you'll have people pulling in like four hundred thousand dollars for like uh, Harrison Ford level right stars going to cons, and that's for two day appearances. Oh Patrick Stewart, he's up there at like near a half a million. Right, but he doesn't he, he hasn't made that his career. That's fair. That's that's the turn. I I figured out my reference point for it. It's um, something I saw. David Prowse? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yes, I mean, him and um, Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Oh. Because Prowse was Vader. Right. And then, yeah. Uh, who was the Chewbacca? I, I actually saw him last year at Dragon Con. Right. But he had just had knee surgery. He wasn't walking anywhere. Yeah. He's he's had a, a rough physical old age thing going on. But it was um, with voice acting. All of the quote unquote teachers are basically washed up voice actors. And it's that mm. to me, it's like if you were such a good voice actor, you should be fully time, full time, like employed as a voice actor. But what they found is I can make easier, more consistent yep. money being a teacher. So that's what I'm going to do. I it, can charge $125 for an hour session. Twice a week with, you know, a bunch of different people. Right. Well, that's I'm the thing. a couple thousand a week now. Yeah, I could get paid $100 an hour for a recording session, or I can charge 18 people $100 an hour for a teaching session. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but what about the art? Like, <laughs> like well, that's what, the one what, thing what I like happens? about my, my voice coach, Melissa. She actually, she's still working. She's got her own studio in the back of her house. There you go. Which is an old sauna that mm-hmm. has been, you know, uh, wallpapered with sound dampening stuff. Yeah. Got her mic set up in there and she'll still do two to three commercials a week. Yeah. That's, that's you what know. it is. That's, that's somebody that's actually committed to the art of the business instead of the business of the art. Exactly. Holy exactly. shit. Write that down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could make money off of that. I think I just came up with something. That's either really good. That'll be really good in a fortune cookie, or you could make money off of it. Right. Because the art of the business, not the business of the art. Yeah. Because it really is, and that's that's what what bugs me, and that's what's gross with like like you're saying with testosterone, because that's that's what it turns into. It's you could be pursuing your acting career still, but. Instead, you're going to milk this, and then eventually, when this runs out, you'll have nothing. Right, because you haven't been working on your acting career at all. Yeah. You've just sort of been there, right. doing the midnight shows of The Room. Right. And, and whatever this new movie is. So, it, And that's where the sad comes in again. That A little bit. Eventually, you're going to see that, and it's just like, oh, this this poor guy. Like, <laughs> And they're trying to get lightning to strike again, and mm-hmm. that doesn't happen often. I think they've got it with the, the movie about the making of. Oh, uh, with uh, Franco? With Franco? Oh, my God, the, Franco. The, the disaster artist. Disaster artist. He needs... This This should be, like, Franco's Oscar. Like, <laughs> just from that little trailer. Line. <laughs> what is what yeah. is line? <laughs> so I have the book. Oh. I uh, My buddy lent it to me. I haven't read Disaster Artist yet, but that's that's next in my queue. Right. 
Oh, that's a, huh. I'm sure like there's such great stories coming from that, but it is, that's, hopefully that works out. It looks just from the trailer, if they can maintain that momentum throughout the whole thing. Oh, it's gold. But yes, <laughs> I'm yes. so, I'm so glad now that people like there's a guy at work that's named Mark. So every time I see him, I say, Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Now he gets it because he's seen the trailer like <laughs> a year finally. later. Yes, he finally gets it. It's like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, wow. Took so long, but man, finally pay it off. That's awesome. <laughs> so, and I appreciate that. Right? Um, just to wrap things up, because we only got a couple more minutes here, I wanted to throw out, I've been playing Prey. The, How the do new you like one. it? I love it so far, just like everybody else, and the biggest reasons for me are that that same childhood thing we were talking about. It's this nostalgia for games like Bioshock and Half-Life. Nice. Because it's got that, like, just this crazy vibe of everything's done right. Everything is is thought of and executed to the highest level where... It's not just an FPS. You've got so much more going on. There's so many systems, but there's also the the basics. Like I have a, a mental checklist that I need to kind of put to words at some point, but there's physics where there's objects everywhere that are interactable, that do what they should do. Like you pick up a coffee cup and throw it against the wall, it shatters into a million pieces. It's It's perfect in that way. But almost everything that isn't nailed down can be picked up and thrown, which I love. Hmm. You look down, oh my god, there's my feet. Whoa, really? What a concept! Like, <laughs> Seriously? Yes! That's a first. No, it's it's not, but it's one of those things that triggers me. What FPS shows you your feet? One of the, the first ones that did it really well was The Darkness, back on PS3. It was okay. like one of the first PS3 games, I believe. Yeah, I never never played that one. But it's they showed based your feet. Off a comic book, and yeah, it shows your feet. You look down, you see your legs, and they run, they move when you move around. And I'm pretty sure Portal does that too. Maybe Portal. Um, At least you can see yourself through <clears throat> the reflections in the. Yeah, portals, you can but... see yourself. I don't think you can look down though and see your feet because it's. But don't quote me on that. Right, it's one of those immersion. God damn, <clears throat> it's one of those immersion things that always just gets me going, like gets my blood pumping because. It's like these guys cared. They they went that extra mile. It's not just a, a doom gun frozen in the in the center of the screen. Like, no, there's <laughs> you are a mm-hmm. person in this world. So I do appreciate that. The the things that are bugging me so far though are the enemies are really f- like cheap in a way. Like they always get the first hit. Uh. and you burn through health and med kits and stuff, and it's like I now it's turned into a game again. Like you had me with everything else. I was, I was invested. I was getting drawn in. Well, now that I'm spamming, every time I get to the, the item creator, you recycle crap that you pick up around the world and you can make items. Well, I spam med kits like every time it's like, mm-hmm. ah, it, it, you're, you got a game ass game in your game. So, <laughs> so, but aside from that, like, I mean, there's, you're enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. And there's truly like, Again, with, like, Bioshock and Half-Life, they had, like, groundbreaking stuff. Mm -hmm. This one has, like, some amazing ideas. Like, they've got looking glass walls that it's... How the hell they pull it off in-game, I will never comprehend. But it's literally a pane of glass 
that you can see through or not, it'll display images and like full on graphics. You can throw shit through it and it'll break the glass. It makes a hole in the glass, yet the projection is still around it uninterrupted. Oh, interesting. So they really took time to get all of the little details right. Yes. It's crazy because even like the perspectives change too. So it's a window into whatever it's displaying, like into another room basically. Or in one instance, it's the outside world is projected on the walls, but you break the windows and you see there's nothing behind it. You back up a couple of steps and you're looking back into the outside world. It's intense. Like again, how they pulled it off. I don't know. It, it's something that portal probably designed mm. first with, cause looking through the portals, you could see into the room that you were in or whatever. Right. Behind you, in front of you, above you. Exactly. But, et cetera. Oh, it, it was just amazing. And then the mimics, the main enemies turn into just regular physics objects in the world to hide from you. Mm. And again, crazy. Like how, how like they pull this stuff off. Yeah. So it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't already, cause it's been All out right. for a little while, but from there for Mr. Matt himself, he is big Matty nasty on Twitter and yes what was our spelling on that one uh crap i just forgot uh <laughs> there's no a in the nasty right b-i-g-m-a-t-t-y-n-s-t-y that's it and then yes. he's also on the acpn podcast network adventure club podcast network and yes. the adventure club podcast which we've got a big episode potentially coming up so watch out for that big guest not gonna say who awesome, yet but awesome guest it, it has me happy. Oh boy, it's exciting. I'm looking I'm forward totally to Totally trying not to just go fanboy about it. But right? Don't can't squeal. Promise. Just don't ah! squeal. Oh no. <laughs> it's gonna happen. You broke that. Ah! Oh jeez. Oh yep. Sorry. yep. Composure. Compose yourself. Jeez. <laughs> Think back at your improv classes, man. You gotta <laughs> get that use character. Those tools. The, the character I'm putting in is uh respectful and uh professional. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's that's, not me, but that's my character. Nope, that's what we're going to go with. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, thanks for spending time with us again, Matt, and we will talk again soon. All right, thanks for having me. Yep, see you later. All right.